This is the day that the Lord hath made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Al Brady, and I want to welcome you to this ministry. I'm so pleased you've joined me tonight, and I trust that the service will be a blessing to you and yours, both in word and in music. Before we begin tonight, I ran across a prayer by W.R. Hunt. I think it's wonderful for us to hear these words as we move into the center of this new year. Listen, please. Dear Lord, please give me a few friends who understand me and yet remain my friends. A work to do which has real value, without which the world would fill the poorer. A mind unafraid to travel, even though the trail be not blazed. An understanding heart, a sense of humor, time for quiet, silent meditation, a feeling of the presence of God, and the patience to wait for the coming of these things, with the wisdom to know when they come. Amen. A very appropriate prayer. Now would you please hear the reading of God's Word. It comes from two places, Second Peter, it also comes from Ephesians. Would you hear please these words? But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with this promise, we wait for the heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Would you hear now please the word from Ephesians? I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience and bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. Would you join me again, please, in prayer? O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, which are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In the movie Grand Torino, Clint Eastwood not only stars, but he plays the role of a bigoted widower. Except for the language, it's a powerful movie. In that movie, there's a priest. There's some awful ex example of patience. He pursues this widower throughout the, the movie, only to be repulsed in every way. He's insulted, the door slammed in his face, and yet he continues to pursue the widower throughout the whole movie. He is indeed a marvelous example of patience. Now, patience is not one of our more common virtues. As a matter of fact, most of us hate to wait. We are very, very impatient. Most of us could be are like this woman who said, Dear God, give me patience and write now. But patience is of God. The words of the scripture are unanimous 
in the conviction that one of God's great attributes is his patience. God is patient. God waits. The writer of Second Peter addresses this whole subject of patience, especially God's patience. And it's God's patience that is the center of this message that I'm calling love's premier expression. Scoffers would have us believe that God is asleep, that he has not fulfilled his promise. These same scoffers would have us believe that Jesus promised to come back and he has not shown up. Consequently, Jesus must be powerless or he must be a lie in that he has not shown back up as his promise said he would. Then Peter also remembers what Jesus said about his coming. He said of that day and hour, no one knows. He said not the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Then Peter concludes, the Lord is not slow about his promise. Stating in another way, God is never late. God is always on time and God is in control, which leads me to the first thing I want to say. God is patient and waits. Now, I have never told you so far why that text says that God waits. Martin Luther did not understand how God could be so patient with humankind. And one day he said, if I were God and the world had treated me like it's treated him, I would kick the wretched thing to pieces. And I suppose he would have. But God is patient, long-suffering, He's infinitely patient with all of us, which is very difficult for us to understand. Now I want to paraphrase something that the late preacher J. Wallace Hamilton said, and I want to make a few additions. So please listen to what he said. Think how long God has waited through the centuries for the mind of humankind to open, to break through, and to learn even a fraction about God's glorious creation. Imagine, all these powerful energies were already here, have concealed, just waiting for an eye to see them or a mind to grasp them. The world was round long before anybody discovered it. The world had electricity long before anybody found it. The world had coal and oil long before anyone figured it out. And the world had a cure for polio long before the medical community discovered it and claimed it. Then he said, Beloved, God is not really absent, as some people suggest, but God is patient, infinitely patient. Now, the Bible tells us that God created the world in six days. God is so powerful, certainly he could have created this world in six 24-hour days, or he could have created it in a much longer time period. These days represent millions of years. God has the power to do that any way he wanted to do it. But the truth is, God's world is in constant process, constant process. It's like the little girl in Sunday school was asked by her teacher, who made you? She said, well, God made part of me. The teacher said, God made part of you. She said, yes, God made me real little, and I just rode the rest of the way myself. Notice how long God took in the sending of his own son. Paul said these words. He said, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. And how did God send Jesus? The infinite patience of God can best be discovered in how he sent Jesus into the world. We see that stable. We see a man riding on the back of a donkey, and we see a man dying on a cross. The Jews cried out for a ruler, but God sent them a gardener. 
the Jews cried out for power and strength. They received power in weakness. Power in weakness. They were looking for all of these things. We can only imagine how God could be involved in such a long, long road. But focus again on the patience of God. Focus again on the patience of God. It's been 2,000 years since Jesus came into the world. Wouldn't you believe that it might be that in 2,000 years the world would show greater improvement in terms of the kingdom of God? 2,000 years? Wouldn't you have thought that? But God all the time is waiting and working, waiting and working, waiting and working. A certain minister said that the people in his church never talked about backsliding members because he said in his words, people in his church never got forward enough to be able to slide back. All the time, God is waiting and working, waiting and working. Yes, God is patient. God is very patient. Why is God patient? Let me tell you. God is patient because he loves. Patience is love. God is patient because he loves. Listen to the way the writer of Second Peter put it. The Lord is not slow about his promises, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. Really now, where would we be if we were not for the long-standing patience of God? I read about a fellow who had a, a son who was always doing evil things and getting into trouble. And this man was always bailing him out of jail. Finally, he gave out of money. And a friend said to the man, if he were my boy, I would forget him. The man said, if he were your boy, I would too. But he's my boy. Consequently, I'm never going to forget him. And that's the way we are as children of God. God is never going to forget any one of us. Looking back over my life, I shudder to think how I would have made out had it not been for the patience of God, the infinite patience of God. How God continued to pursue me when I was having so much trouble with the confusion of whether to be a preacher or not. How God faithfully looked after me when I was all the time rebelling against it. And then how God carefully took care of me when I was in the ministry and as I was contemplating moving forward in the ministry in all phases of my life. After one of Colonel Robert Ingersoll's messages, he did what he always did. He pulled his watch off and he said, God, if there's a God, strike me dead in five minutes. Well, nothing happened and so he smiled. Someone told the preacher, Theodore Parker, said, did you hear what he said? He said, yes. But he said, let me tell you, he said, how could this gentleman expect an infinite God to run out of patience in five minutes? Let me say, where would we be without the patience of God? And that includes you as well as me. Where would we be without the patience of God? Think of all those times you've used God's name in anger. You've spoken to him in anger. He could have popped you, but he didn't. He was patient. He was patient. Think of all those sunsets you've seen that you were going to thank God for. You were going to express your appreciation, but you never did. God could have rationed your beauty, but he didn't. He didn't. Think of all those promises you've made to God. Oh, God, if you'll just get me out of this, I'll never do that again. God, I'm going to make you my priority this year. God, this, that, and the other. Those broken promises. Let me tell you, if broken promises were cement, we could build an interstate. We could build an interstate. So don't you see, God has ample reason to walk out on us, but he never does. Why? He's patient. Love is patient. And then secondly, as Lord's people, 
we're called to be patient and wait ourselves. Paul writes in Ephesians, listen again, I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, and with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love. But for many, patience is not a virtue. And we prove this every day by the way we live our lives. There's a story of a family who liked to go to the mountains to spend their vacations. The problem was it was an eight-hour drive going to the mountains. Well, on this one particular trip, the mother told this little daughter, she said, don't ask me how long is it going to take. Are we nearly there? Don't ask me that. So the little girl sat as long as she could. After about two hours, she turned to her mother. She leaned over and she said, Mother, will I be alive when we get there? As I said, patience is not a virtue for many of us, and we back this up so often with our temper tantrums. What do we use? We use our cell phones. We use text. We use emails. We use fax machines. Why? To faster communicate. What do we do? We go into the grocery store and we look for the instance. We look for the instance. Our favorite word is now. Our favorite word is now. And we back these things up so often with our temper tantrums. Now, as God's people, why should we be patient and why should we wait? Let me just give you a few thoughts. First of all, God calls us to be patient because quite often we make many, many mistakes when we get in a hurry. I want to ask you a question. Here's a couple. Why is it that so many of them fall on ill situations and circumstances? It's because they don't have the patience to work their problems out. Somebody said there are three things we ought to avoid like a plague in marriage. One of them is being critical. One of them is being crabby. And then there are others. But let me add this one. Controlling would be another one. But let me add this one. Being impatient. That is one of the things that would make for a bad marriage. Now here's something else. What about our impatience at street lights? How many times have you gone under a yellow light and then there's a line of cars that continue to come behind you? Because of our impatience with one another, we cause accidents. We actually kill each other on the roads with our fast-speeding automobiles. You see, God calls us to be patient as his people because we make so many mistakes when we are not patient. When we are not patient. And then secondly, God calls us to be patient because we are called to love. Before everything else, love is patient. There was a minister and his staff that decided they would go to a conference on leadership. The minister said he particularly wanted to hear this one lecture, so he arrived early and he got a front row seat. And he said just as the lecture started, he heard two men mumbling in the back that were creating a disturbance. He said just before he turned around and wanted to give him a sharp stare, he said the speaker said he had something to say. He said, I want to apologize to you people because he said, you see, you're hearing these voices in the back. He said, one of those people is from Romania. He is a pastor, an elder. It's in his first church. He doesn't know anything about church leadership. He's come to this conference to learn about church leadership. He can't speak English, so consequently he has to be translated. So the people you hear in the back, they are the translators. The minister said that changed the whole situation. Suddenly his impatience turned to patience. Why? Because love is patient. And also it is related to understanding. It rides on the back of understanding. 
make the connection between understanding and patience. It all adds up to love. There was a minister visiting a, an older woman in his church. She was in her 80s. Few people visit her now. Her husband had died some time back and he preceded her to the father's house. She was lonely. Her arthritis was bad. Just to live was a tough time on her. Finally, in the process of the conversation, the woman said to the minister, why do you think God is keeping me here? The minister didn't know, so he didn't say anything. He sat in silence. And then she said, you know, my son is not living the life he ought to live. He's not living close to God. He's not following my teachings. She said, I know why God is keeping me here. He's keeping me here to pray for my son. Love is patient. It never, ever ends. It waits. It waits. And then one other thing, God calls us to be patient as his people because we know that deep down God is in control of this world. He may be doing it quietly, but God is in control of this world. Bishop Ernest Fitzgerald said he had a friend who was in his late 80s, and he knew something special about this man. He said he was very calm and he had a lot of tranquility, of which the bishop said he didn't have himself. But he said this man had it. And he said quite frequently that he would read the paper and get all upset. This other man would read the paper and would remain calm and tranquil. And he would simply say, God is on the throne. He has not resigned and he's not dead. This is God's world. Bishop Fitzgerald said he wondered how this man and he was so different. But then he thought, he said, this man's lived a long time. He's gone through two world wars. He's gone through the Great Depression. He's seen dictators rise and fall. But then he said he's also seen the sun rise. Many, many mornings. The sun has risen many, many mornings in those 80 years. He said he still thinks that there are things in this world beautiful. There's a remnant of good when things are bad. And then the man said to this bishop, he said, son, be patient. He said, there's still goodness in the world, and it's going to win. He said, Adolf Hitler said that the Third Reich would last a thousand years. He only missed it by 988 years. He said it would last a thousand years. He only missed it by 988 years. So who really is in charge of this universe? I think God is in charge of this universe. And I encourage you to believe the same and trust the same. And then now I want to ask this question. What patience is not? What patience is not? Now, patience is not laziness and indifference and resignation and defeatism. It's not the old attitude that whatever will be, will be, no matter what. If I thought that's what patience really is, I would preach impatience. In other words, don't be satisfied with the way things are. There's a story about a, a boy and a girl that had some pet rabbits. They were their pets, but they were pests by the father in his garden. And one day the father prepared traps to catch the rabbits. The children were concerned that their rabbits were going to be caught, so they agreed to start praying that their rabbits would not be caught. One morning during the prayer time, the boy slipped out of the room. When he came back into the room, this sister said, have you been praying that our rabbits will not be caught? And he said, yes, and I went outside and kicked the trap shut as well. There's a lesson here. 
Things that are wrong will never be righted by themselves. Things that are wrong will never be righted by themselves. So let me ask you a question. How can we be more patient? Leonardo da Vinci, somebody asked him, why did you have so many intervals when you were painting the Last Supper? And he said, the longer I paused, the more telling my strokes were. That's true of us, of you and me. If we're going to deal with our impatience, we're going to have to have intervals to deal with our impatience. That's what will make us patient. Now, I want you to hear this passage of Scripture, please, and we'll bring this to an end. The psalmist said, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Do you notice that progression? Wait. Receive courage. Move forward in strength. Notice it again. Wait. Receive courage. Move forward in strength. God comes to those who wait. God comes to those who are patient. One of the greatest gifts we can give to God and anybody else is our patience. God help us all to be patient. Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful for this day in your presence. We're thankful for this possibility of this brand new year. Help us, O oh God, to be patient and to love and to share with others. Help us to be mindful of you and your purposes. Hear our prayers, for it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so very much for joining me for this program tonight, and I pray you'll continue to be with us. I pray you'll share the message with other folks. And please get in touch with us. Write us if you want us to pray for you. We'll be glad to do so. Have a good evening. Good night.